0: the late, great James Horner. He was the musician behind the score of the movie we're talking about today. Hello and welcome to Field Geeks at the Movies. We are your hosts, Josh, Mitch, and Steve. Today we're discussing Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, and we are doing this because it's the 50th anniversary of Star Trek, and we just thought we'd pay our geek respects starting with this film. This is probably considered to be the best Star Trek film amongst the, the fans and perhaps the the non-fans because it's it's a movie that can kind of reach everybody it seems kind of like star trek four did right yeah so on let's go around the room and just share our thoughts on the film overall
1: you know it's um and i watched the movie again for the probably the fourth or fifth time uh just recently it's it it shadows a lot um and it's I could never get away from Ricardo Montalban's weird outfit. You know, <laughs> yeah. that uh, that oily chest and that hair that, uh, you know, stuck up so high. So, it, But it's a great movie. It's it's one that finally shows the true friendship between uh, Spock and Captain Kirk. And I think it really set the tone for the rest of the series. Sure. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a Star Trek fan, not as big as a lot of other people are. Um, but I thought it was a great movie overall. Besides The Voyage Home, that was. I think that's my favorite Star Trek movie, but sure. this one is a very close second as far as watchability and stuff like that. A couple of them are a little dry. <laughs> yeah. Drag on a little long, but this one's really good.
0: What would you uh, rank it, I guess, out of 10?
1: Oh, I'd say a solid eight.
0: Solid eight. Warp yeah. eight. Cool.
2: <laughs> warp Factor eight. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think this movie was awesome. Uh, a lot of redemptive powers from Star Trek The Motion Picture. You know, there was a. Uh, That was certainly with mixed reviews, you know. But um, I I don't know about Ricardo Montalban. You don't complain about my oily chest. But uh, no. (laughs) That's because you braid your hair. Oh, that's true. My chest hair. (laughs) Yes. So this has gone south. Well, let's (laughs) move. Right. (laughs) We'll turn this back around. Uh, It was the 80s. They got away with it. Got away with it totally. But uh, yeah, I mean, it was awesome. I mean, you had so many shout outs to the prior. Space Seed television show in which it was you know kind of founded off of, um, and you're right, Mitch. I mean, it did it laid the groundwork for kind of what was to come in the Star Trek series, and uh, um, arguably the best original series movie you know there was without a, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, it was awesome,
0: but uh, yeah, great stuff. Yeah. This is
1: the first one with actual suits that weren't the original from the series, right?
0: Well, the motion picture was different from mm-hmm. the series as well, okay. but it was. Very different suits compared to um,
2: this one introduced the suits that they would use throughout the rest of the series. Yeah, those those kind of red military, almost looking. um, Yeah, I mean that this series introduced that, or that that movie introduced these. A
1: little bit more formal, more appropriate looking. And a lot of
0: it was done because uh, budget cuts. Mm -hmm. You know, from the motion picture had a huge budget, and I heard like those those costumes had to be like steam clean or steamed all the time just to make them all. Yeah, you know, it's wow. they weren't. I mean, they were okay uniforms, but they were very 70s, I guess.
2: It was yeah. I mean, it was a product of its time. Sure, you know. Um, the only re- thing that I enjoyed about the first Star Trek movie in general was just being able to see them all again. You know, I mean, of course. Uh, but beyond that. And honestly I think McCoy was probably the best part of the first movie. Yeah. You know, I mean I loved it, you know, he hated being on the transporter, he didn't want to come back and you know, he had his beard and he was grumpy and Yep. You <laughs> know, he was really the only life of that first movie and you know, but it's been a while since I've seen it. I don't really routinely actively try to watch that one over and over again, but I've seen yeah. I watched Wrath of Khan against, uh, again recently and you know, for geez, I don't know the hundredth time. Of course, I remember seeing it in the theater. You probably weren't even born yet, Mitch, but <laughs> I was. Yeah, you were. <laughs> I was maybe one. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I remember seeing it. But yeah, such a great, great movie. You know, the Genesis concept and all stuff we'll talk about. But oh, of it was, course, it yeah. was great.
0: Yeah, so much stuff. I mean, this movie really. Uh, you know, a lot of people w- would say you know the '79 motion picture was. It was long and boring. Maybe it was just boring, I mm-hmm. guess. Uh It might have been the same length if you look at it, I guess. But yeah, it Felt was way longer. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Well, you know, <laughs> and a lot of people give a um, bunch of, you know, crap about showing the Enterprise off. But that was like the first time they were able to show off um and actually make a, a great model. Not to say the original wasn't, mm-hmm. but this was like top yeah. of the line. Compared to a, a cheap TV series, they were they had able. had budget to, behind it. Yeah, it yeah. was huge, and yeah, that Enterprise, uh, I I really enjoyed those shots, and mm-hmm. I don't know, I think that movie was kind of underrated. I get the boring factor. It's it has a lot of sci fi in it, right? Versus these other movies, they kind of they have sci fi elements, but they seem to be more regular action-packed generic
2: audiences have a hard time embracing true sci-fi you true. know i mean it needs to be more
0: fi yeah, <laughs> you know yeah, right
2: with a touch of sci. you know i mean that's i think that's what the yeah. other
0: ones yeah voyage home probably was the one that went far out i guess you yeah. could say or i guess three but i mean those are ones we'll explore down the road of course of course so yeah, Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, it was released in 82. As we said before, it uh, came after the 1979 Star Trek motion picture, which was the first Star Trek movie ever. The motion picture was considered a bomb. It made money, but mm. Paramount didn't really get what they wanted out of it. Creator Gene Roddenberry proposed a story for Star Trek Two where the Enterprise stops the Klingons from saving JFK. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. And the studio blamed Roddenberry for the high cost and poor reviews of the motion picture. The studio removed him from the role as executive producer and made him executive consultant.
2: Well, and he would stall so much with rewrites and, and ideas that were obviously THC-based sure. sometimes, you would think, right? I mean... Oh, it had to have been. He was, he was interesting.
0: If you rewatch the behind-the-scenes of the motion picture, what's was going down, I think there there's points where... Leonard Nimoy and William Shatner were trying to contribute to the script. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't really have an ending. You know, yeah. it was just kind of like, we're filming, and yeah. Big budget, big director, Robert Wise. Yeah. Harve Bennett was brought on as producer Yay. to take place of uh, Roddenberry, and he would go on to produce Star Trek's three through five. And Paramount lowered the budget considerably due to the poor motion picture profits. For Bennett to get ready for his new role, he watched all 80 episodes of the original series, and he never saw these shows before at all. Hmm. Didn't even really know what Star Trek was. Uh, he came upon Space Seed, which featured Ricardo Montalban as Khan. He found his villain. He thought that there wasn't really a villain from the first movie, and that was kind of one of the problems. Right. This was episode 24 of Star Trek, the original series, titled Space Seed. So if you guys want to go check that out, it's kind of I've cool. seen to, it
2: a million times.
0: Yeah, it's kind of cool to watch uh, before you see the movie and it was completely different oh of course yeah because yeah. it's like 15-20 yeah. years later
2: 15 in canon but right
0: yeah. oh that's right yeah Khan was a genetically enhanced soldier and had a superior intellect the
2: eugenics wars
0: yes and that's a whole like comic or book series uh-huh. I believe that could have been a hell of a trilogy oh. of movies or something yeah. that would have been really cool course it was like nineteen ninety-six. Uh huh. So it was a fictional nineteen ninety-six. <laughs> yeah. I don't remember that, you know. I don't remember a year before my
2: daughter was born. I don't remember yeah, the Eugenics wars at all. Yeah. yeah. But I wasn't paying attention to Well, it you. wasn't it wasn't in, <laughs> right. you know. Yeah. That's just the
0: thing. It wasn't in. So yeah. So Khan survived going up against Captain Kirk and the Enterprise. Spoiler in the episode Space Seed. The Enterprise crew marooned Khan with his people on City Alpha Five. So the title of the episode, Space Seed, basically referred to, I guess, the end result, planting a species somewhere and wondering what would grow out of it, beautifully put by Leonard Nimoy as Spock, of course. Mm. would be interesting, Captain, to return to that world in a hundred years and learn what crop had sprung from the seed you planted today. Yes, Mr. Spock. It would Indeed. And like that. we did. Yeah, yeah. Well, he came to wow. us. <laughs> Surprise. So Bennett also recognized the Trinity of Star Trek, which was Kirk, Bones, and Spock. Studio wanted ships to look like Star Wars, weathered and so on. Uh-huh. So the ships and costume designers explained that the fleet had to be sleek, and the idea was uh, squashed for Star Trek or Star Wars like ships. Right.
1: I'm uh, glad. They really needed that, though, because I mean, you would have just thought, oh, another Star Wars movie. Right, Right. like a Battlestar Galactica or something. It differentiated Mm
0: -hmm. itself. Didn't get away from its original design or anything like that. And the uniforms changed dramatically as well. Became the marooned, Mm -hmm. military-like jackets. Kind of dug it. I'm sure it was hot as hell to wear. Yeah,
2: yeah, it was almost like a dumbed-down band uniform. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A little bit. What do we got? (laughs)
0: Right. (laughs) Young director Nicholas Meyer was brought on. He didn't even know anything about Star Trek, so that was a good start. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it turns out most people who aren't familiar with Star Trek end up really giving us some great stuff. Oh, yeah. So, it's a trend. The Reliant was to look like a smaller version of Enterprise, mm-hmm. and the design was faxed to Harv Bennett to have him sign off on it. Only problem is, he signed off on it upside down.
1: When well, uh-huh. I came
0: to realize, he read it wrong, the design. Yeah. So. With that mistake, they basically just decided to flip the ship upside down. Yeah. So originally, yeah, the warp engines would be up top like the Enterprise. So they just flipped it.
2: Which makes sense. And and it actually is a great design look. It is. Yeah. It's an awesome mistake because the Reliant looks and feels while there's similarities because it's a Federation ship. Yeah. It looks totally different. Kind of like a
0: Predator looking thing, you know, and just batting down at you. So the Spock death scene attracted Nimoy to come back. Nimoy and Nicholas Meyer, Myers didn't like the early drafts of the script. Myers was a fan of, you know, Shakespeare and all kinds of literature, which he just populated throughout the movie. Connie uses a lot of like gestures from Moby Mm. Dick. Um, He tasks me. Yes. Yes. (laughs) And I shall go And I shall have him. Yes. (laughs) So Myers rewrote the script quickly so Nimoy could read it on a flight out of town. And it was much better, Nimoy said. Kirk uh, was turning fifty in this story, which was a big deal for Shatner at the time. Yeah, he didn't really want to put his age out there, but Bennett, you know, persuaded him to do it. Sure. So he did, and then originally,
1: did he get a new hairpiece for his fiftieth? It looks like he did. He did a little bit gold highlights. Yeah. Yeah. Something I need to go purchase. (laughs) Likewise.
0: (laughs) Just go kill a possum.
1: You know, when I drove Shatner, I really should have asked him, you know, who do you get your hair pieces from? Right. Because they're so beautiful. Fuck you. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) what he would have said. Mitch, I
0: hope you die. (laughs) It's come through now, Mitch. (laughs) Yeah. Sparkles. (laughs) <laughs> so, originally, Spock was supposed to die early on in the story, but the script leaked early and fans just went ape shit, Right. And, you know, kind of, um, yeah, threatened people's lives over. Oh, yeah, crazy.
1: God, in a day and age when they didn't have the internet. How did something like that leak? Well, early?
2: think about how it would have been if there was the internet. I mean,
0: yeah, talk yeah, about
2: crazy town.
0: Oh, well, yeah, it's like a lot of people say now. Like, there's you know nut jobs out there. They've always been here. Mm-hmm. They just you just know them now because of the internet. Well,
2: and Spock, he gets to die twice now in this movie. So yeah, you know,
0: yeah, it's yeah, kind of cool. So Nimoy started having doubts about giving up Spock, you know, as they were shooting, because I think he was actually having a good time. All right. Versus the experience from the motion picture. Mm.
2: And I'm sure he felt the quality of this movie versus the first one and realized, well, this looks like it might be going somewhere. Sure, sure. Because yeah. he
1: was
0: impressed with the yeah. director, Nicholas Meyer. Um,
1: Better writing overall. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. And yeah. the producer did his homework. I mean, you know. Mm-hmm. I could imagine Ron Berry not know all the 80 shows, mm-hmm. you know, I, who, who knows if he ever watched all of them or not, right. but for a new producer to actually jump in and do that and like his crap seriously. Yeah. He did a great, great job. When the movie was done, it originally screened for test audiences with Spock's death at the end and there was really no happy ending. So the audience left like it was a funeral basically sure. and the execs panicked and they did reshoots nimoy i think he had the idea of putting his hand on bones's head and telling him remember yeah so it was like yeah whatever that's gonna be it's it's there so yep. i guess i gave fans hope and they inserted that famous last scene with the pot yeah. on the surface uh nimoy citing the the opening dialogue he finished with it in his own voice which was a
2: first right And it's always been kirk yeah uh, that was you know, the first so time that was pretty cool
0: Right, and the remakes even uh, mm-hmm. used that as well, yeah. which was great. So, you know, the start of this movie, of course, we had the great score by James Horner, mm-hmm. which is just, just fantastic. I mean, the motion yeah. picture score was great, too. That's sure. that stuck with the franchise. Yeah. Next Generation, especially. Yeah, used it, that. it came mm-hmm. from that. Right, yeah. exactly. And I'll never forget the reveal of the new Enterprise with that score. It was yeah. just incredible. We open with a female Vulcan sitting at the command chair of the USS Enterprise with senior crew and some cadets uh, on their uh, consoles officer Savic Alley played makes a log entry then orders commander Sulu to project a course to avoid entering a neutral zone at the Klingon frontier suddenly her receives a distress call from the Kobayashi Maru a ship that has been struck by a type of gravity mine they're inside the neutral zone and need to, they need to be rescued so Savic decides to take the ship in and rescue the survivors sulu and spock warn savik not to do this she does it anyway and we get the idea she's a you know a young cadet there is something interesting about this they call her mr Mm savik i don't know if you caught that yeah i guess it's a naval thing Uh there's no gender really it's just mr whoever's commanding so that was this little funny (laughs) anecdote i found about that they enter the neutral zone three klingon battlecruisers fire upon them Enterprise is heavily damaged, explosions going off everywhere on the bridge before revealing what, what's going on. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember, Steve, as you you know, when you were there uh, in the audience, did you think this was really happening? Like, oh, well, my God. I'm, yeah,
2: because <laughs> you don't know what's happening. Right. It's like, number one, where's Kirk? Yeah, you know. know. And what's Lieutenant Zenu doing? I didn't know that at the time. She was a psychologist. <laughs> but, you know. Why is she piloting the Enterprise? Travolta just turned casting, us off. Man. Right, exactly. <laughs> so weird. But yeah, you know, you're freaking out. Of She's like, "Whoa, what's happening? Yeah. You know, and This movie's starting off crazy. Yeah. But, you know, she was in violation of treaty. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> so, you know, she orders abandoned ship. The alert's going off. The voice of Admiral Kirk comes on and says, all right, that's enough. Yeah. Something like that. Open the doors or whatever. Open the doors, yeah. yes. And then the, the view screen slides aside, revealing Shatner... Just rocking the new, you know, outfit and hair looking great, mm-hmm. and you know he looks like an admiral. Yeah, doesn't look like Kirk really. The Kobayashi Maru was a Starfleet Academy test, turns out, and Savic didn't believe she had a fair test of her abilities. And Kirk goes on to explain that the no-win scenario is a situation every commander may face. How one faces death is equally important as one faces life, and you know Savak kind of seems annoyed with this a little mm-hmm. bit. Kirk offers that now she has something new to think about, and she leaves and then McCoy, you know he's laid out on the ground, and he's like, did you enjoy my performance and yeah. I gotta say like they really went all out that crew, <laughs> yeah, like real explosions yeah. in the ship just oh, for yeah. a simulator, like right. damn, yeah, yeah, they really wanted to make her feel like she was exactly really commanding like the more ship technology
1: right. could probably yeah simulate that yeah you know exactly pretend you're dead (laughs) yeah no more camera jiggle on the screen (laughs) like I really don't
0: uh, I'm just happy going like hey I'm dead you know I don't need you to blow up the console behind me and that just some of those look terrifying (laughs) like even Zulu took a hit yeah ah yeah and then Bones and everybody yeah oh my
2: and Spock of course that's where you think he dies Yeah. yeah this is bullshit yeah
0: Basically, the McCoy asks you know, if um, the Enterprise will receive an experienced crew, because the idea is that these new recruits are going to be the new crew of the ship. Mm-hmm. Kirk replies, galloping around the cosmos is a game for the young doctor.
1: Now, what is that supposed to mean?
0: The funny thing is, is this movie streamlines the age factor with these people, especially, especially Kirk. Uh, the crew is only in their 40s to early 50s at the time. Yeah. I mean, today's age, that's kind of still a young pup. I mean, considering the times, you know, but it's just funny how if you look at the new cast of Star Trek, well, especially like Simon Pegg, he's pushing 50. You're kidding. So I don't think he's going to have like a midlife crisis like Kirk does. (laughs) Just a different time. I mean, I guess back then 50 was like, oh, you're almost dead. I
2: think Kirk's was maybe less about age and more of just not being on a ship. Yeah, exactly. Not being able to be a captain out there doing what he wants to do. Right. You know, he's just pushing pencils
0: and paper, and that's not him. Exactly. Outside the simulator room, Spock awaits Kirk's opinion of the cadets.
1: I assume you're loitering around here to learn what efficiency rating I plan to give your cadets. I am understandably curious. They destroyed the simulator room, and you with it. The Kobayashi Maru scenario frequently wreaks havoc with students and equipment. As I recall, you took the test three times yourself. Your final solution was, shall we say, unique. It had the virtue of never having been tried.
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Which later on we get to We know how we did that. Yeah, exactly. So Kirk also says thanks for the birthday present. Spock gave him the book that he's carrying. It's an antique copy of Charles Dickens' A Tale of Two Cities. Spock leaves to go catch a spacecraft to board the Enterprise and... Kirk uh, heads back to his apartment to celebrate his birthday. Bones, Doctor McCoy, of course, comes to his apartment, presents him with two gifts: a bottle of finely aged Romulan L.
2: It takes a while to ferment. I
0: almost thought tonight putting blue uh, dye in some water and (laughs) be like, "Hey, we're having Romulan." Yeah, Uh, and a pair of antique eyeglasses. Uh, Noticing Kirk is going through a midlife crisis, he you know questions whether Kirk really wants to carry on the duties of an admiral. Or hop galaxies like mm-hmm. he always did. McCoy basically urges Kirk to get back to the starship. They share a nice scene where they're drinking in front of a fireplace, yeah. which is like the ideal scene everybody yeah. wants, you know? Right. The funny thing about the eyeglasses going back a little bit, I guess Kirk was allergic to some kind of uh concoction. Medicine or yeah, whatever. Yeah, right. So I guess they didn't have contacts in the future. Yeah, no la- No LASIK. I don't <laughs> yeah, <think>. no LASIK. <laughs> it's coming through now. <laughs> 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 ah. So at this point in the movie, we're kind of getting reintroduced to the Enterprise crew. We see them kind of going their separate ways, it seems. So meanwhile, across the galaxy, Chekhov is on board of the USS Reliant, which is orbiting City Alpha 6. The crew is searching for a lifeless planet to satisfy requirements of a test site for the Project Genesis experiment. City Alpha 6 should be incapable of supporting life. Chekhov detects a minor energy reading on the scanning devices. So Chekhov and Captain Terrell beam down to the surface to investigate. And, of course, upon their arrival, they come upon the ship wreckage. Yeah. And then Chekhov finds out it's the SSS Botany Bay. A ship Chekhov remembers all too well. Uh, Fun fact, though. Does he, though? Yes. Go for it, Steve. (laughs) Yeah, he wasn't even in the episode with
2: uh, Ricardo Montalban. So, I mean, you know... um, you can you can make the argument that well, Jacob doesn't know who that is, you know, and you can also make the argument well, he was off screen or whatever. That's what fan right? fiction does. Yeah, like they're yeah. he was in the cafeteria right. and
0: they met up somehow. Yeah. I don't know, argued food or something. <laughs> I don't know. They fed each other. <laughs> it was really weird. <laughs> but you, you, I know. <laughs> I never forget a face. I never. Of course, you face. weren't in the right. show. I was in. Yeah.
1: You handed me a hot dog.
2: I never forget a face that I didn't see in the original episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. <Hot>
0: <laughs> <ball>. <laughs> Upon Chekhov finding out where they're at, he panics, of course, and tries to rush Terrell out of the ship that they're in, only to find them surrounded by a group of strangely dressed people mm. awaiting them outside. They are then taken prisoner. And their captor reveals themselves as Khan Noonien Singh. Another fun fact: the costume designers they wanted their clothes to be made or look to be made of material from the ship. If you look at like Khan's gloves, for example, those are supposed to be like microchips. He's got mm. like metallic um, oh, yeah, yeah. on his gloves. A lot of detail stuff yeah. that I think once you know, it's kind of yeah, it's kind of cool.
2: I mean, they had to piecemeal kind of everything that they did. Yeah, you know they. Um, with the explosion of City Alpha, what five? Five, yep. Um, you know, it damaged City Alpha six and or whatever. I don't know. I get that mixed up. Maybe yeah, I know. That's either like, either way though, right. it, it it you know it, it destroyed what was supposed to be a good environment.
0: It's supposed to be that, paradise, right? yeah. pretty much. Yeah.
2: So I mean, they had to make do with whatever they could find.
0: Right. You know, yeah. And they looked like it. It's like dropping uh species off by a volcano and saying ah, oh, they're gonna yeah. have a great life. Right. Boom. Yeah. Exactly. Here's Mount Vesuvius.
1: <laughs> Enjoy.
0: You know, after Khan reveals, you know what happened to them.
1: Is that where the earworms came about? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's
0: the
2: scene uh, here with the earworms. Yeah, he's yeah. trying to extract information mm-hmm. from Chekhov and Captain Terrell. and um, you know they're not having any of it, of course, because they're good Starfleet officers. They're trying to maintain their dignity, and you know he uh, he gives them the uh, planets only. Remaining indigenous life
1: form. <laughs> you know, so. Yes. And what does he do? Is he tickle it or something like that? And it produces little babies that go in there. No, it he off. um,
2: yeah, he he gives it a smooch, hmm. and basically <laughs> he takes space tweezers and puts it in their ear, and oh, okay, and they go in and have a good time. It's like, ah. yeah.
0: yeah, It's not a it's not a pleasant <laughs> creature. No. So yeah, after he explains that, uh, he uh, Khan comes, uh. Khan realizes that the Reliant is actually, they thought they were orbiting City Alpha 6. Right. So, after the huge reveal that that was destroyed and then 5, you know, was changed dramatically. So, basically, Khan blames uh, the death of his wife, which is presumably uh, Lieutenant Marla McGivers. Yeah. From the, Enterprise the original crew. Space Seed episode. Exactly. Um, and Historian. Yes. Yep. Yes. That was how they were attracted, or she was attracted to him, yep. probably.
2: They were talking about how, you know, he talked about how his his wife had died and, and all that. And Khan's obviously displeased. Um, and, yeah, you're right. He, he sends that rage towards Admiral Kirk. You know, he was very surprised <laughs> to hear he was an yeah. admiral. Says the word admiral, what, 48 times in sequence. Yeah, but it just sounds great. It does sound great. And he says anything that sounds great. Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah. So the, the wife is presumably from the Space heat episode, the Starfleet officer that kind of went with him. And, um, uh, they couldn't use her in the movie because she had multiple sclerosis and was confined to a wheelchair. So mm, that's, sad. yeah, she did continue acting though. Well beyond that, well, um, yeah. in different roles, but yeah, it was, uh, she did a great job in that space sure. seat episode, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah but, definitely. Uh, yeah. Interesting little fun fact there. Yeah. And they don't mention her by name, but you know, that's
0: the assumption. You get the idea. Right. Cause they were pretty much smitten with each other. Oh, Very much so. Yeah. Apparently, the city eel, this is the creature that controls Chekhov and Terrell. So, this was presumably the creature that killed his wife. He keeps it as a pet and right. he's torturing it pretty much, yeah. grabbing it. And we had a couple of them, right? Or, no, no, I he had the won. one. I think he had yeah. one or two. And it's a okay. little spawn or whatever. Yeah, between the gills or whatever.
2: Yeah. yeah, it crapped out its little raisins and then they put those in the ears of <laughs> Terrell
0: and Chekhov. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I got to say, like, I love this movie. That scene... Creeps the
2: shit out of me. Well, it's you know, just, it, it kind of introduced almost every Star Trek movie thereafter had the uh scene mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as a result of that that right there, you know, um, and which
0: I think was kind of cool,
2: right? But you know, that one that one was a little terrifying. It <laughs> was, know, especially it's when still, I was a kid. It's still oh.
0: terrifying. Khan takes the offspring of this eel and he puts one in each of their space helmets, puts it on their head. They start freaking out. It drops on their cheek, and then it gradually goes into their ear yeah. and you got a nice close-up of it going into the ear, which I think they built gigantic ear molds yeah. of the actors. So they were able to like put a big creature oh, in there, cool. you know, minimize it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really incredible effects for its time. Yeah. Especially yeah. when they later on, um, we'll get there obviously, but they'll, Uh, camera zooms into Chekhov's ear and it goes from like, you know, his average size, and then it's all of a sudden the big model, but you can't tell. Oh, you can't.
2: It looks like it's just a huge close up of his ear, absolutely, which was really pretty brilliant, you know. Yeah, small budget, such a better movie.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Once inside the victims, the eel wraps themselves around the cerebral cortex of the brain, rendering the victim servant to any command uh Khan explains further as the eels grow and mature inside the brain the victim is slowly driven insane followed later by death so yeah. kind of a downer
2: it's like getting married <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> star trek the wife's 2
1: marriage the slowly wraps itself around the cerebral yeah. cortex and <laughs> okay. then death star trek 3 <laughs>
0: divorce <laughs> Come through now. It never gets old. I don't know. (laughs) So once he has control of Chekhov and Terrell, they board their Reliant ship and they escape City Alpha Five. Before taking this role that he originated back in the '60s, Ricardo Montalban had to be kind of convinced he could do it. At the time, he was doing Fantasy Island, so he was portraying a different character, kind of a I don't know a character he wouldn't take seriously. I guess you could say. So he kind of had to rediscover his con roots. He actually had to watch the show again to find the character. And, of course, uh, it's funny how you see him describe how he got the character back. Yeah. it's like, I found this passion. Yeah. This passion about his wife. And, yeah, just he just made it work. And of yeah, course, and about
2: how he's, like, not truly bad and he's not truly good or something like that. Yeah, I think exactly. He was like, yeah. Right. Really interesting. I and, like, of course,
0: they altered his look. So, yeah. yeah. I
2: loved his method on it. No, it's cool.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. So under the command of now Captain Spock, we're back at the Enterprise, of course. Kirk and McCoy, Uhura, and Sulu come aboard. Kirk is inspecting the trainee crew. He's kind of being an ass about. That. <laughs> I noticed that he went down in engineering. Mm-hmm. He like swipes the control board and. Oh yeah, Scotty's like go right, full yeah Spock mode. Yeah, Scotty chuckles and I think it was just like humorous banter. It was know.
2: humorous and it's just his way of like going through the motions. Kirk did not He's
0: want to bored. be boring. Yeah, he yeah. doesn't want to do that at all. He goes up to, like, the lift. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think McCoy, it isn't McCoy, it says, um, what about the rest of the inspection? Right. And he does that later. Yeah. <laughs> gesture. <laughs> yeah. Later. Later. Kirk receives a distress call from Regular One. It's a research station that is the base for Project Genesis. Kirk orders the call to be patched through to his quarters and a communication he is nervous to take. It's from Dr. Carol Marcus, which is a past love interest that right. we never saw in the original show. Mm-hmm. Uh, the relationship went sour. Bones it says something that just in reference to her. Never rains, but it pours.
2: As a physician, you of all people should appreciate the dangers of reopening old wounds.
0: Sorry. Yikes! <laughs> Jeez. You know, hard
2: ass. Jeez. You know. Yeah. I was... told you, don't be an admiral anymore. <laughs> be a captain. <laughs>
0: So Carol's furious because she's gotten word from the Reliant they're coming to pick up the Genesis project, and Kirk's confused and denies any involvement. Brainwashed Chekhov, of course, informs Carol that Kirk has the order to take possession of the Genesis device. Kirk assumes command with Spock's blessing and orders Enterprise to set course for Regula regular one.
2: I think they had T-Mobile as a provider. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> the signal was just dropped all the time, Right. You know? right yeah this is one of those pieces where I look back and i I think of Chekhov when he's communicating that they're gonna be there to get all materials for project Genesis and we get it that he's been mentally manipulated that's one of those areas where I think the acting was just a little too much of the <laughs> we're we gonna be there, yeah. to, to get it. <laughs> Thank you. Out, you know, it's like we we get it. Because he pauses, like he he's, pauses, getting right. he's getting a line, Line reading. I mean, he, it's like he's yes. it's like ISIS is feeding him a script. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, and that's what that's what it felt like. You know, and it, it, that was that was just one little area I thought could have maybe been tweaked a little bit better. But it could be cool you
0: if you enhanced the volume. You could actually hear Khan tell him what to say. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> now, say this. Who's that? <laughs> no, nobody.
1: <laughs>
0: nobody. And He
1: tasks me. He tasks me. <laughs> <laughs> it's on the screen now. <laughs> it's coming through now, Con.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so as the Enterprise is en route to regular one, Kirk asks Spock McCoy to join him in his quarters. He's going to show him the Genesis Project. The video is hosted by Carol Marcus.
2: Project Genesis. A proposal to the Federation. What exactly is Genesis? Well, put simply, Genesis is life from lifelessness. It is a process whereby molecular structure is reorganized at the subatomic level into life-generating matter of equal mass.
0: So after they conclude the video presentation, they kind of have a debate amongst the three of them Spock th- finds it fascinating. Of course, McCoy just goes out, you know, all McCoy. And, yeah. Fascinating. Like, you green-blooded. Yeah. So, McCoy's point was, although this is a great weapon, what it can do, but it's also a dangerous one. He points out, well, what if something's living? Sure. So, you know. you just
2: he, wipe out an entire planet. Exactly. and Start over.
0: Right. Whole and
2: population's decimated.
0: Exactly. And he kind of goes into, like, biblical uh, quotes, like... I think he said myth says the the Earth was created in was it seven days. Yeah, or something? seven
2: days. And now you can do it in, you know, seven long. minutes, seven minutes yeah. or whatever. Yeah, right.
0: Savik interrupts their banter and says they're about to intercept Reliant. Despite being unable to contact Reliant, Kirk is unconcerned at first and is reluctant to raise shields. As Savik reminds him, regulations prescribe. They order a, a yellow alert. So, this is a really good scene. They're getting closer and closer together. Tensions building. Yeah. You obviously get to see what's going on, on the other side, yeah. you know, con. And it's like, yes, we are one big happy fleet. Yeah. After the Enterprise attempts to contact them several times, I think the Reliant says that their plasma coils overheated. And Spock says their plasma coils are fine. By the time that happens, Reliant raises shields. Then uh, Enterprise gets hit with. A crippling uh, phaser blast right. right to the engineering section i believe
1: is that the time when when khan keeps on going again mm-hmm, like that i don't remember i don't remember if that's the part or not but okay.
2: yeah he was very animated and yeah. he, every time he fired upon the Enterprise. oh yeah. yeah
0: there's one shot it's very brutal it's kind of frightening i don't know it's always frightening to see especially like old special effects with people on fire you mm-hmm. can't cg it you know back right. then but, you know, when they hit that certain section, there's, like, yeah. all of a sudden flames everywhere, and dudes are, like, on fire, and it's like,
2: damn. Yeah, it looks
0: terrible. The stakes yeah. are high. Yeah. You don't really feel like it's like, oh, yeah, we just lost deck nine and two or yeah. whatever. It's like, no, look what happened. They blew up. They yeah. don't just get sucked out of the ship like in the new ship. Mm-hmm. Well, sh- and movies. that's just
1: it. You don't see that kind of severity until you get to the new, uh, right. the first one where you see the, the ship getting blown up, but then you see people getting sucked out. You hear him screaming, and then once they're outside, there's nothing. Oh, yeah. Right. That and was, that That just puts a whole spin on your sobering, brain to actually right. think, oh, my God. Yeah. That yeah. could actually happen. I
0: don't know which one I'd rather do or experience. I mean, if I had to oh, suck out right. of a ship or get <laughs> blown up in flames.
2: I think being sucked ship. out of a ship would uh, <laughs> yeah. probably be, I think, less time to yeah. die. Right. Yeah. Just take a deep breath. Right. <laughs> and let it go. Yeah. Breathe it in. Let your eyeballs melt, the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Since they're the same fleet, Khan knows all the weaknesses of each ship, basically. So, yeah, they knew exactly where to hit the Enterprise. So they're crippled. And then all of a sudden, they get a a message uh, asking for surrender. And that's when you see Khan come up on screen. Right. That's a pretty cool reveal. Shatner's dealing with mortality, and he sees, like, an old enemy oh, yeah. you know it's kind of all full circle like khan explains his plan basically the fascinating thing is shatner and montalban were, ne- were never in the same scene like yeah it was all they were never physically separately. together yeah, right exactly there is a funny story Montebon says in the behind the scenes as he's charging at kirk with the dialogue it's actually just this innocent lady reading the lines to him oh, and he's nice. being all like serious yeah. he's like no you tell me and, da, da, da. and that's kind of a fun story i recommend uh, checking that out for sure kirk pretty much is the one that outsmarts reliant they were able to get the reliant codes to right. lower their shields yep and so he was educating savik about every starship has particular codes or right. whatnot him and spock uh, act like they're, you know, giving con the Genesis transmission, right? And, you know, he says that favorite line, uh, you have,
2: it's coming through now, Khan.
0: <laughs> whips out the glasses, All you know, smarmy and weird. It's like, it's my cue to look really old. Yeah. Puts the glasses, it's the glass. It's my cue to look old.
2: Down. And it's my cue to say something so smarmy that a third grader would know that something's coming other than what you're doing. <laughs> It's the only line in the movie I, I despise. Yeah, I know, yeah. <laughs> it's such a great movie. It's the one part. It's that got, me yeah, back. it's got its faults, yeah. But again, I mean, it it does not detract from the greatness of this movie. Of course. It's just an easy line to make fun of because it's
0: Shatnerized. Right. <laughs> yeah, the Enterprise barely escapes Reliant. The, both ships are pretty much crippled at this point. Keep quoting regulations, Kirk says to Savik. Enterprise is continuing on to regular one to find out what's going on there. Then it's revealed uh, Scotty actually brings his nephew up to the bridge. Yeah. Uh, his nephew was in engineering with him, and he was badly injured. That, that was his really nephew? A, yeah. It's I, didn't, actually, I, it's I never realized It's a that. deleted scene. Oh, cool. Um, He refers to him as his nephew. That it really explains sense. why Scotty's so emotional about sure. it. Tough death scene, and it gave that iconic look to Kirk's uniform mm. when he you know mm-hmm. puts the blood on it. Yeah. They basically tell the crew what's going on. They get to regular one, and they beam down and find it pretty much abandoned. I think Bones discovers the first body. Right. Freaks out, and then they find a ton of bodies. And then they find Chekhov and Terrell in a storage container, and they're just kind of dazed. And I guess you would assume that they're no longer servants to Khan.
2: Well, they were being shipped overnight with Amazon Prime. So. Yeah,
0: <laughs> it was a drone package. In a loading bay, <laughs> right? It was a drone package. There's no sign of Carol. Uh, you know, Kirk's really concerned where she's at. So they go to the transporter and they find the coordinates to uh, take them down to what appears to be a, I think, a moon. So basically, they beam into this crater. I think Bones said it. Well, how do we know if we're going to go anywhere? Right. You can hear them materializing. It's kind of a cool effect. They never really, I don't think, did that again. But yeah. they zoom in on the on the dead moon or whatever. So they beam into like a cave. Turns out that there was a cave dug. And this is probably one of many phases of the Genesis yeah, project. Some sort of testing phase, yeah. So once they beam in there, uh, they see that the Genesis, um, is a torpedo?
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. The
0: Genesis torpedo is just up against it's the wall. It's just there chilling. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Kirk and company begin to look around a little bit, and then Kirk gets tackled by David, Carol's son, which is revealed to be Kirk's son as well. Kirk and Carol see each other. Carol tries to break things up. And then, of, of course, that's when Terrell and Chekhov turn against them all. Yeah. They were really still under control uh, by Khan, and Khan orders Terrell to kill Kirk. Yeah. Terrell can't do it. And then another kind of terrifying oh, scene boy. happens. He vaporizes himself. Turns the
2: phaser on himself.
0: Yeah. Oopsie. Ugh. And then, of course, Chekov freaks out. Phaser said to kill. Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> he, he freaks out, and then we see the close-up of the creature coming out, and I think it's Kirk that vaporizes the little creature. Yeah. It's pretty gross. Yeah. And of course, that's you know another famous scene where Kirk grabs Terrell's wrist communicator and starts taunting Khan. You've got Genesis. But you don't have me. You are going to kill me, Khan. You're going to have to come down here. You're going to have to come down here.
1: I've done far worse than kill you. I've hurt you. And I wish to go on hurting you. I shall leave you as you left me. As you left her. My room for all eternity. In the center of the
2: Bury the line. He really made up for his It's coming through now Con line. Yeah, I mean because <laughs> the emotion and rage that he had there. Yeah. Especially when he was talking and taunting him, it was like yeah, uh Kirk was a little upset and he conveyed that super well and he didn't do it in
0: that smarmy mm-hmm. yeah. way.
2: It was that was awesome.
0: Oh it was it Very was good. They're in the cave. It's uh, communicated uh, beforehand that the Enterprise uh, communications are, are disabled. Kirk tells them, "If you don't hear from us in a couple hours, you are to basically you are yeah. to take off to the latest near star base." base.
2: Yeah. If we're going by the book, yes, you know. So I mean, it was their code yeah. that instead of days, it was hours, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so they were speaking in code, right? And you know, Khan and his superior intellect
0: wasn't able because like spock said he has two-dimensional thinking right Mm -hmm. which is a really pretty cool um, brilliant analogy yeah definitely they have time to kill so after leaving the cave kirk is shown where everyone else is of course at this time it's it's beautiful it's um hills or waterfalls oh yeah it's very peaceful paradise you know in in a cave so they're just casually talking about the Kobayashi Maru, because Savick, you know, was like, "Well, we have we have time to talk about this. How'd you how'd you beat it?" And uh, I think Bone said, "You're looking at the guy, the only guy who beat the test." Yeah. And Kirk says he reprogrammed the simulator, right. so he could win, <laughs>
2: which was awesome,
0: right, and beautifully done in the new reboot oh, as yeah. well. Yes, because you know, yeah, that. the Apple, because uh, yeah. the Apple's also in the reboot. Kirk's eating an apple. Yeah. He's just discussing this. So 2009 Star Trek, while they're doing the simulator, yeah. Kirk's eating an apple. <laughs> really, so great. really cool. Yeah. After talking uh, about the, the test and what he did and just, I mean, Kirk's just casually in the moment, you know, he's just eating yeah. an apple and he's just like, he's kind of, he's kind of Kirk again, yeah. basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kirk opens communications with the Enterprise and says, uh, are we ready to be beamed up? And everyone's puzzled. Yeah. And that's when he goes into hours instead of days. Right. They beam aboard, of course, and Savik's talking to Spock and saying a lie.
2: An exaggeration. Yeah, there I you believe. go. Yeah. There you go.
0: <laughs> Spock has the idea to take the Enterprise into the Neutarla Nebula. So it's got ionized gases that disrupt sensors and shields for both of the vessels. Yeah, visual only. Kirk tries to taunt Khan into coming into the nebula. And, you know, Khan's crew are, like, actually smarter than Khan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Khan's just, you know, of course, you know, it's the Moby Dick theme. Khan is after his whale, Mm -hmm. you know, and his crew, even though they know what they're talking about, it's no good. Khan's like, we're going in.
1: Would have been an interesting movie if you just hung out there and they got bored and they were like, well, uh." (laughs) no. He's gone now. Yeah. They come back out. And you see, like, God's ship waiting there. Just yeah. poof. He just done. shoots, like, all just their. Like everything explodes, and then he's like, and then he drives off, and that's the end yeah.
0: He shoots all the torpedoes. <laughs> dun, da, dun, da, dun, <laughs> <laughs> credits, you know.
1: New generation. Right.
0: <laughs> Cle- Cleon clap. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they go into the nebula. Khan follows eventually, and then we get this cat-and-mouse chase. Um, Very intense. Yeah. Especially there's one scene where they finally get visuals, and they're, like, coming right up against each other, and Kirk's like, back off, back off. Uh, Enterprise gets the best of the Reliant and cripples it for good, I think blowing off one of the warp engines or warp... um, Warp drives? Warp nacelles. Warp nacelles, thank you.
2: And and that whole 2D thinking, two-dimensional thinking, really came to play in the Nebula because... You know, instead of just the head-on trying to find each other and stuff, you know, the Enterprise would drop. Yeah. You know, there, and and mm-hmm. it was just really cool. They changed the axis and the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty awesome tactics, you know. Yeah. I
0: thought it was pretty neat. It was a cool effect, yeah. too. I forgot how, if you look at the behind the scenes, they, they show you how they did it. Yeah. I think it's some kind of gas and yeah. water, all that stuff. Yeah, but so cool. Very, yeah, very cool. So, they yeah, they get the... They get the upper hand, and it looks like everything's A-OK. They're going to get out of this. And then Khan, um, uh, who is very, you know, he's pretty much crippled at this time, deformed, crawling around the ship. Everyone else is dead, it it appears. He decides to activate the Genesis device. So, you know, in the end, he he will get Kirk anyway. Mm. So this kind of brings in that whole no-win scenario into play that Kirk never believed in. Right. Basically, they have to get out of there in a, a matter of time. Like, the, the probe is going to, it's just going to blow up everything, the nebula, mm-hmm. everything. It's dramatically done, how Khan activates the tech or whatever. It's like he has to, like, turn those knobs. He has to, to twist it. And yeah. It, twi- you know, and then There's they a get that final push, yeah. you know, or whatever. And they yeah. cut to the, wor- uh, the transporter mm-hmm. where it's still at. They right. didn't even move the thing. And it's slowly arming itself. Yeah. This is so. There was some good,
2: uh, good tension built.
0: Yes. yes, very good. And you know, you—I think for a moment you see Kirk's expression, like we're not going to get out of this. Yeah. You know, he yeah, that holy crap moment. Yeah, yeah. he's like, "Scotty, we need warp drive now." Mm-hmm. So you know, uh, we see Spock. You know, look like he's in thought. Gets up, walks out. Yeah, because warp drive is not coming. Exactly. Yeah. Th- there was no way. So he goes through engineering and. It's the
2: mess hall first, didn't he? And he yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Grab the hot spork, dog on the right. way over. One last uh, <laughs> plate full of gach. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's best when served live. And he's going to clean out the crystals. Is that what he's, he's thinking? He's
2: doing something right. So he has to get in there, and he was doing something manually to you know get the dilithium chamber back online, get the warp core back rolling, and they can hightail it out of
1: dodge. Is it like out of sync or something like that, so he has to push it back in ba- manually or something like that? Uh, no,
0: it's that—that's the into darkness. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. But I mean, it's similar. Okay. Yeah, it's a similar concept. They um, didn't have the, they didn't have probably the budget to do that, you right. know, back then. This
2: one's just basically you're in a glass room with a light, you know. Oh, okay. And, but right. It was—I mean—the
0: effect was still. So you know, of course, you have Bones in um, Scotty trying mm-hmm. to stop Spock and. Uh, I think Scotty's just so. Actually, I'm sorry. Scotty didn't even try and stop him because he was like, he's out of it yeah. pretty much. Radiation was yeah. everywhere, and so Bones tried to stop Spock, and Spock's like, perhaps you're right, and then he grabs his face and he says, "Remember." Well, yeah, yeah. Perhaps you're right, Doctor.
2: And then you know, McCoy's kind of turned around, nerve pinch. Yeah, and then classic nerve pinch. Yeah. And then
0: he does the whole, you know, remember, remember, and uh, Spock goes into the chamber, opens it up, and it's like he's. Uh, you know he's he's grabbing he's got gloves on at least mm-hmm. so he's a, you know his hands look pretty safety first yeah. right so yeah he's grabbing everything and it it's looking pretty bad like mm. he's really in pain and
1: pulls a K nineteen fixes
0: it yeah yeah is that what happened to K nineteen. Well, they're... The Widowmaker. Yeah, well, their the radiation Russian. core blew yeah.
1: up, and so they sent in men with rain suits and tried to fix it. It's kind of similar. He shut the doors I mean, them. the only difference is that he wore a pair of gloves yeah. over right. his,
0: you know, woolly shirt. As Kirk is just, you know, trying to be calm in his captain's chair, you know, he's like, anytime now, Scotty. Right. He has no idea what's going on downstairs. So, all of a sudden... Is it Scotty who says we're good to go? or?
2: Well, um, I believe it was someone on the bridge, wasn't it? Or we have, you know. Oh, yes, we have. The engines are back online or something like that. And Go, Sula go. Poof, they go. Right. Gone. And then Kirk gets the word, you know, Captain, I think you should come down here or something like that.
0: And he sees Spock's empty chair. Yeah, right. And so he realizes. He, he realizes has an idea uh-oh. of what's going on. Yeah. And then, you know, that classic heartbreaking scene where he. See Spock lying in the chamber, tries to run up to him. He tries to get in there, yeah. I think. And they and then,
2: stop him. They have to refrain, restrain him. Yeah. Right,
0: exactly. Bones and Scotty try uh, hold Kirk back. Behind the scenes, DeForest Kelly yeah. and James... Du- Duhan Jimmy Duhan,
2: Jimmy Doohan, yep. Jimmy, Duhan, yep.
0: Jimmy Doohan, Uh They decided to switch their lines because, if you recall... Bones says, "Don't go in there," and then Scotty goes, "He's dead already." That was supposed to be Bones' line. Oh, weird! They switched it. Yeah, they switched it a little bit.
2: And you know what? Coming from Scotty, it just sounded so great because of the accent. He's dead already, right? He, I mean, he provides, he accentuates that point really well. Right, because (laughs) Bones is
0: already dramatic as it is. So very, you know, sad reveal. Of course, what they what they tell him, but he goes over anyway, and. They're separated by glass and they have a, they have a moment and it's it's very sad and it's very iconic. Ship.
2: Huh? Out of danger. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Whole thing was great. And then of course Spock passes. Spock has his hand up on the glass, live long and prosper sign. And of course, Kirk can't do it. And I yeah. think in real life, Shatner couldn't do that yeah. sign. Um so then of course we have Spock's funeral. And you know it's very, very sad, very mm. sad, sad ending. They decide to put Spock in a torpedo tube, right. and they're going to launch him into the Genesis Planet. Now, this is kind of confused me. I don't know if you're able to find out how it formed, but it blew up in the nebula, right? I believe so. Yeah, there was no planet for it to consume. So, yeah. did it just become out of nothing a planet? That's what I don't really understand either. It, it terraformed itself. Plot hole, yeah. It, it needed, I don't think well, it's ever explained. Yeah, because yeah. it needed a planet. Yeah. It wasn't like they, he launched it. Yeah, it blew right. up right then and there. And
2: maybe that's what happened. It terraformed itself. Who knows? But, you know... It's kind of left open there.
0: It's left a little open there. So, you know, Kirk has a um, you know real um, emotional moment, of course. Um, yeah, it's, it's a downer. But, yeah. uh, you know, they recover by... You know, looking at uh, what they have, basically, Kirk, uh, he's uh, renewed pretty much from this whole experience uh-huh. with the Genesis, a new life, all that. Kirk has that great moment with his son mm. where, you know, they have a hu- they have a hug. Yeah, they hug it out. Yeah. Hug it out. Have a barbecue. Yeah. Barbecue. Share a Beer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Cheers. Zima. So, yeah, you get to see Spock launched into the uh, Genesis uh, planet. After Kirk and crew collect themselves and try and make something great out of something horrible, they go on their own way. And then the line from Star Trek is recited by Leonard Nimoy. Mm-hmm. At the end, you get to see the planets, the Genesis planet and the sun. And then we go down into the planet and we see the torpedo tube nicely on the surface. Yeah, just laying there. So it kind of just gives you like something could happen. I mean, from who this. knows? Right. Yeah. Right. And the writers are probably like, How the hell do we (laughs) Right. How do we get him out of this? Remember. Remember. That was the the end of the movie. I'm sure I don't know if do you remember at the time what the audience was like, what you felt.
2: I just remember loving it. You know, Mm -hmm. I remember thinking to myself, um, you know, this is just it was awesome. You know, I gotta see what my dad. I mean, my dad was a big huge he got me into Star Trek, you know, when I was a little kid, you know, on the original series reruns and uh it was just awesome, you know. I mean, people in the theater loved it, and it was packed, and you know, it was just—it was phenomenal. That's know?
0: great. And did you? Do you remember if you thought Spock would survive somehow? Or
2: I remember thinking as a kid, man, that'd be great if you could bring him back sometime. You know, but yeah. at the
0: time, you don't even know if a
2: sequel is coming.
0: Right? And They didn't either. You the know? crew didn't. In right. fact, uh, uh, it's kind of sad, but every set that they constructed was destroyed yeah and i it's also um part of the special features which i highly recommend mm. uh most of these special features have been out for a while they just re-released star trek 2 the wrath of khan director's cut and theatrical cut it's got a great mondo cover yeah. art cover to it it looks really great there's so many features like it is totally worth the price it's like 14.99 i believe 15 bucks, whatever. Yeah. If you buy it from Best Buy or Target, you get a free ticket to see Star Trek Beyond, which is excellent. Totally worth it. I got mine on Amazon because I couldn't wait. And around here, like, they weren't showing up at all, which was just, I didn't understand. But, yeah, this thing is chucked full of features. It's totally worth the money and the time. But what I was getting at is there's actually a lady who rescued these set pieces, and Hmm. she was able to help, you know, production... That's awesome. going down further you know into more films they were able to recycle the sets rather than destroy them because yeah. that would be a whole budget thing and you know re uh creating those uh set pieces so yeah this uh movie uh you know i hold it I hold it up high uh, it's one of my favorites absolutely and it, a lot of people put two three, and four as a trilogy mm-hmm. which really yeah. is it's one big yeah. arc. Very pleased with you know the movie. It's got its got its problems like every movie does, but it's, really
2: not that many. <laughs> and the no, no, that, the problems
0: that it has are
2: super small. Oh yeah, you know? it's just
0: nitpicking. You it's know?
2: nitpicky stuff, and it's I mean like like the Kirk line I like to make fun of. It's just totally nitpicky. Sure, that, yeah. yeah, you know, and it's just a great, great film. I mean, and kind of a side side note. What do you think of Savic? Um, the uh, Christy Alley Savick versus the one we saw
0: in Star Trek 3 oh that's good you know I I still don't really know what happened behind the scenes with Christy Alley she didn't want to come back or is that the deal
2: I don't know if or... was she didn't want to come back or she wanted too much money I don't remember I thought it was I always think... budget yeah. Was yeah I just remember I liked the the second actress mm-hmm. better but I liked the portrayal better that Christy Alley did.
0: Because it was the first portrayal, probably. It was the first
2: portrayal, and they really played up that she was half Klingon, or I'm sorry, half Klingon, half Vulcan, half Romulan. Right. And that was like something right. they didn't, uh, it was kind yeah. of on the. Uh, it was totally unspoken for the most part, but it's why she would actually
0: exhibit some emotion. At the end, especially. Right. Which I heard Shatner, I read Shatner was not happy with that. Because it's too bad. I mean, right. You know, well, I think it was because he was like, I get my uh, cry scene and yeah. she's a Vulcan, not supposed to, but she's half Romulan. She's
2: half Romulan. And of course we, we know the Romulans, they embrace the emotion, right. you know, usually the negative emotion, right. but yeah. So, I mean, I just thought, and they didn't really explore that in Star Trek three with Savick. Right, you know, she was very much Vulcan and played it very straight, you know. So yeah, the, it was that, interesting. They
0: were very different in what I don't know. Uh, yeah, I think Christie Alley had a, a theatrical, more theatrical feel mm-hmm. to it, I guess. Um, yeah. But the other one, I liked the other one just fine, and I did too. Yeah. I just,
2: I like the, I like that explore, exploration of the half Romulan piece. Yeah, and I, I, I wish feel like they would have totally wasted opportunity. It is.
0: It was very yeah. wasted because I mean we're going ahead a little bit here, but. You know, Star Trek Three, uh, she basically, you know, nurtures Spock, Spock
2: back to right. Spock. Uh,
0: when they left Vulcan in Star Trek Four, she was uh, theoretically pregnant with Spock's mm. child, and that's why she was staying. Yeah, but they never explored. That. Never did. That would have been fantastic. Yeah. Child of Spock. Like, oh yeah, could have been. But I mean, this Star Trek Two is um, a formula that. They have repeatedly used throughout the, the all the movies. Mm-hmm. Nemesis comes to mind. Into Darkness, especially.
2: Yeah, and not very many people utilize the formula as well. I mean, yeah. no, they don't. I mean, they just kind of right. take
0: they take like the great hits basically, mm-hmm. and it, there's nothing in between, and it just kind of yeah. crumbles. As great a movie as it is, it's very it's a very simple story, mm-hmm. you know, about revenge. Yeah, it's just the way it was filmed. Meyer really brought. Something new to it, and well, uh, and the cast pulled it off. Oh, I of mean, course, you know, yeah,
2: you, it, it, you can have the most basic story in the world, and if you have amazing actors or at least people that are invested in their characters, pulling it off, it's it's so entertaining.
0: This is the only cast, from what I can remember, who had a TV series. Mm-hmm. Years later, they had a movie series. Like, yeah. there's mm-hmm. no really other, you yeah. know, cast out there that. I guess sex in the city you could say, but they didn't have nah, a series of movies, yeah. you know what I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just uh you know of course, from the original series, they had the animated series, and then they had the movie yeah. um series this this movie was great, I love the special features on it, I mean, they really go into the design of things the the ranks, the uniforms uh, I highly recommend oh, it yeah. i mean. Fourteen ninety nine. That's a hell of a yeah, price for it's a bargain. Oh, it is. It is, and it looks fantastic with the Blu Ray. I hope uh, everyone enjoyed listening to our dissection of this movie. And oh yeah. That said, I'm Josh. Mitch. And I'm Steve. Live long and prosper. Space,
1: the final frontier. These are
0: the continuing voyages of the starship Enterprise. Their ongoing mission, to explore strange new worlds. To seek out new life forms and new civilizations. To boldly go where no man has gone before.